0: Welcome to the Next Step Podcast with Jay and Brad. Wait, wait. I'm Brad. I'm Jay. I'm an uh, act. All right.
1: Hey, oh, onward go. Hey, oh, onward go. Hey, oh, onward
2: go. three, hey, oh, two, hey, we're oh, on. live. We're back live. All right, what's going on?
0: So Jay, it's been a while. The jury has decided. In fact, yeah, that's right. We will be complete chumps if we don't keep doing this podcast. If we didn't do the podcast after tonight, right? After tonight, we'll yeah. get into that out a little bit. Yeah. Um, hey, Lex. Hey, how what's are you? up? And we do have some video live Instagram and Facebook. What? I don't up? know if we have any people there. We can't even read it. Lexi, you can be reading that. White but we'll night. save
3: the video so you can watch oh, later. it later. Oh, look Someone said hi to me. Hey, Julie. Okay. Yeah,
2: okay. <laughs> this might be, this
0: might be Lex last time last, on it. Yeah, I told you right. not to get wrong. People
3: love me. They want. They people oh, love
2: Lexi.
0: They
3: want me to come back. Right? That's why I'm here.
2: Okay. Bless your sweet spirit.
3: And for That's the me- record, I have been telling them not to come Canceled the podcast from day one. Let's Keep, read the news. Keep going. Let's
0: go to the news. So Kay. Jay, uh, I actually we, had some news. What's that? Well, it was this one. You did well. We actually got shared it. We shared it together. No. Yeah. Oh no, someone, someone shared it with yeah. it on our page. JT yeah. sent it to us.
4: But anyways, yeah.
0: Florida moms overdose. Two of them together. Yeah, they met in rehab. I didn't then the story, they overdosed Excuse. on of course they overdosed on heroin while their new babies newborn babies were in the oh, back seat uh. so they found these two moms young, too they look like dead in the back of their SUV one month old and a two month old in the back
2: seat
1: Oh, they were babies yeah.
2: Wow. I didn't know they passed away and what was I your comment mean. you
0: comment because
2: I just said to the person I said sadly this is becoming a norm in our country like it's something when I hear something like that I mean that's pretty unique as far as the way they met and whatnot but I mean i can't tell you how many times i mean we don't even you, the stuff's not even reported how many times parents are you know we, we've seen them over the years people have shared news on facebook or whatever just with people overdosing with their kids in the car you've even seen someone here in, in south orange county right didn't you see someone on the side of the road
3: yeah i mean he was like halfway in on, on off pch
2: yeah <laughs> so it's like what i was what getting did. at is it's so norm right like it's the norm now where stuff like this does it, like it's sad it's super sad, but it's not like, oh wow, I've never heard that before. It's, that's that's crazy when I say a statement like that is what I'm trying to get at.
0: So my normie brain, when <laughs> really? I when I see stuff like the crazy things that happen from addiction, I'm like, if that drug is that good to do that yeah. bad, yeah. Because like, people always say, I wanna try it. Yeah. I'm to experiment, like when you're a teenager, right? I wanna yeah. see what it's like. I'm like, it's gotta be freaking
2: amazing. If people are willing if to die. These for two it.
0: moms are gonna die
2: with their with newborns their children, in the back, yeah that they love, guaranteed. Like right. that's, it's not like, it's not like you just stop loving your well, kids. Well, I know they didn't the do it drug. on purpose. They just, just love, love their, now.
0: they love their kids, but they love that drug so it's much got, more. It had
2: their teeth in them, you know, it has their hooks in them, I guess. addiction's crazy, especially when it comes to opiate, like with heroin, like, there, I mean, there's other things that are pretty powerful as well, but for the most part, like an opiate, an opiate high, I've been addicted to quite a lot of things. An opiate high is very intense. And it's, it's lots of families destroyed over alcohol, sex, drugs, yeah. gambling. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah,
0: so I think I think everyone's hooked might be different
2: for sure. Well, you can be multiple. Like i was talking to someone the other day. The, the minute they quit without the steps, they would just go to the next thing. And I said, man, I've been there. I was once addicted to like five different medications at one point, as well as pornography, as well as gambling, as well as you name it. But it's like, yeah, when you're addict it, it gets to a point where. You'll do anything to not feel. That's because what it is. The, That's numbing. all they were doing. Chasing the nut. Those girls well, were the high with at their first
0: kids. goes away too. Yeah,
2: in the, the beginning, numb. it's all fun. Like alcohol, drugs, all this stuff works. It like it makes you feel more strong, makes you feel more confident, makes you whatever you, you're taking it for. But eventually, it stops working. And then when it stops working, you're you're usually hooked by then. And then when you're hooked by then, you you, you now feel shame and guilt. And then you'll you'll like I said, it usually compiles. Very rare that someone just stays with one thing. Usually, they'll—it's like a snowball effect. You'll just keep rolling down the hill. You'll pick up more stuff and adding to the ball. So we talked
0: about it uh, a few months ago, I think, of the 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 scare factor. Like, I'm going to scare you to not do drugs. Yeah, I'll no, yeah scare yeah. you to do this. And and that's why that's sometimes they're been. like, don't don't talk about like be careful to talk about your story with teenagers because oh, you don't want to glam- you don't want to glamorize yeah. that. You took drugs and you're fine now. Look how good Jay is. Yeah. In when fact, I was
2: th- taught that. Like when I came to the singles ward, when we were in an institute, um, because I had a colorful past and I'd shared it in an institute, and we had a great, we have a great institute teacher here. But uh, I remember him teaching a lesson one time about not sharing, you know, not airing out your dirty laundry. I think that's the term that's thrown around in the church. But right before I went on my mission, like make sure you don't share graphic details, or whatever. And I understand the graphic details part, but. Um, I think, well, first of all, the program wouldn't be here if people didn't share, right? We wouldn't even have this I program. Think, I think there's have a, a ba- definitely a balance because you can share. Sure. There are
0: people, I've heard people share it and,
2: and they about talk the, about, oh man, problem. it was so awesome. Well, they're sharing about the problem. That's what it says in the or, book. It's or like they you, share about the glory of yeah. it as opposed to the misery yeah. of it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But if you've really had a change, like you don't look at it as glory anymore. You look at it as funny. There's some funny stories along the way. But as far as glorious
4: like, there was a time uh,
2: when I used to glamorize my past like way before all this like we would talk about when I was even worse when we were sing- when we were single or whatever now it's like if, to go back and talk about those first two years of our marriage like a joke I probably I mean we've we've made it a joke at times but for the most part it was pretty there's some stuff I like never there's, i would never have to relive there's again.
0: nothing I've heard you share where I'm like I kind of wish I had went. yeah into okay that, <laughs> uh, that was that's an experience like, nobody no, wants to go there. no
2: one wants to Like, but no one wants to be a good – this is where I – because here's the reality, like, and people have to either believe my story or not. But I wanted – like, when we first got married, I wanted nothing more but to have a celestial family. I was super committed to the gospel, so much to a fault probably, a little judgmental. And – but, like, there were times – like, we were trying. We went to the temple every week. Like, I was reading my scriptures. I was making sure to take, you know, more classes than I should. Like, I was hardcore. Like, I I home-taught. I did everything, and I really wanted – to do what the lord wanted me to do and yet still found myself hooked and then eventually those things went away i didn't want it anymore
3: but sometimes i think the pressure of trying to do all that and not be perfect but you know well
2: especially then coming from my experience like i didn't have a father but you know i didn't have i didn't have the anyways what i'm getting at is i don't even know how we got on this subject. uh
0: i don't either but let's talk about the next <laughs> one like is the next news? the next news is from usa today the opiate epidemic is getting worse instead of better let me see if we can hit yeah, this I audio that today. here I saw that today. Let me turn this mic and see if this picks up. Let's try this. I feel like I, this is the beginning. Oh, wait. the Lufthansa ad, you're gonna have to wait in. In, in 12 <laughs> seconds. Oh man, we'll just mute we'll that. We'll talk after 12 seconds. I after feel like this. every other
2: ad, though, it's like this now where it's saying, or not ad, news. The opium, everything getting, getting worse. worse. Mm-hmm. All right. Skip, okay,
0: here we go, listen. Okay, only part of this. How's that sound?
4: Welcome back to The Why. I'm Christina Mutchler. Last week, we talked about some doctors profiting from marketing opioid painkiller prescriptions and, in general, the role that the medical field can or does play in the opioid crisis. Well, earlier today, I was reading a Princeton University study that found doctors who got their training from a lower-ranked medical school wrote three times as many opioid prescriptions. That's in comparison to those who went to an Ivy League or another top school. The researchers looked at 2 billion opioid prescriptions written between 2006 and 2014 to come to that conclusion. And Express Scripts, you know that's the biggest prescription benefit company, says starting in September it will be limiting the number of opioid drugs prescribed to first-time users. Of course, that's in an effort to kind of curb the opioid epidemic and control who's getting these prescriptions, but the American Medical Association is criticizing that move, saying those decisions should be left up to doctors and their patients. So where do doctors really stand in the middle of this health crisis? Dr. Buck Parker, an emergency and trauma surgeon from Utah, he was pretty candid in talking to me about how he says it all started and how he handles addiction issues with his patients today.
0: Want to hear what he says?
5: Yeah. One of the big reasons we have this is something that's called unintended consequences. (laughs) You know, there was uh, back in, and I don't know, you're probably familiar with this, but back in, I think it was 2002, um, or ish, we started, uh, Jaco started making these surveys of hospitals and seeing if patients are satisfied. So these satisfaction surveys and these surveys turned out to be, well, we're, the, the surveys turn, turned out to be something else. They turned out to be a way to penalize hospitals and not pay them as much from the government. Oh. And so, and then the hospitals figured out, oh, geez, um, you know, if, if our patients aren't satisfied, then we're not going to get paid as much but we know that patients when they don't have pain are are more satisfied so let's you know kind of ramp it up and make sure everybody doesn't have pain which is a good idea and it's a bad idea nobody wants to, our patients in pain but on the other hand we don't want them addicted for the rest of their life so we didn't see this coming you know and obviously everyone is acting out of goodwill really but that's really kind of what happened um,
2: well that's powerful it's at ignorance. It's complete ignorance. But and um, I have a hard time believing that it was all out of innocence. I think that's a joke. But 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 if I'm a non-addict guy, I'm like I don't like if you don't understand addiction, You're, you you signed up to be a doctor. Like you, they may not you, have studied you, you, it. Well, that's the problem. Is like that's the but that's like it's a bigger issue this is our medical i don't system. know what they i don't know what they study medical school but reality clearly addictions not part of it n- n- now it is for sure it better be but like they said they're doing this it's crazy because now we're in an F, we're in like in a last because it's such an epidemic right more people die from from this next to heart disease nothing right so is is, is the next thing is 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 addiction and all the things the car accidents all that other stuff and overdoses. are you
0: saying addiction kills more than guns
2: Yes, I am. Okay, let's not go there. In fact, we have the uh, no, so no, we're going to stop that. there. Okay, <laughs> follow my personal good. page for that. <laughs> but what I'm getting at is like all these efforts, like we're reading these, th- these things, it's, uh, it's a bummer because um, we're just, we're like, all this stuff is not really, because now we've created the epi- the ep- 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 epidemic is here and the, de- the demand is there. And when, very hard, you're an economics major, when the demand is as high as it is now, um, cutting off supply will well, just that's why, from, that's
0: why it's going over to heroin. Exactly. Is the they're now like figuring out there's a problem. For sure. And they're they're tightening up the prescriptions. And now, and now you go heroin. to
2: illegal drugs, and for opiates, it's going straight to heroin. It's for cheaper for and, sure. and easier to get. And I've talked about this on the cast before, but when I was a kid doing drugs out before I was a member of the church, no one did heroin. And I was talking to one of my using buddies from high school the other day. We reconnected, and we're just talking about like how heroin is just it's the norm now. High school, it's crazy. Your son's Sad. age fourteen. Like, but injection kids, or pills, both. Okay, both. I, I there's do, kids that are dabbling with shooting right now. I do know that. Smoking. I've it. talked to kids too. Yeah, I work with high school kids, and they're like, "It's nuts." That's nuts. Like that's it's, like
1: that's because like,
3: contemplating it more have And I think done
0: it. my personal opinion too is, is because weed is so desigmatized, like there is, alcohol is worse than weed now yeah. to most kids. Yeah, and so it was like what what's well then what's, yeah, yeah. W-
2: alcohol and weed are no big deal so let's tr- w- what they're gonna experiment with well i think these kids didn't grow up in the 80s like if you grew up in the 80s like we did or like the end of the 80s and early 90s with uh reagan or, or what's her name no bush right she's the one who did the war on drugs and it was Nancy Reagan? Nancy Reagan, but then Bush, what's her name, kept it. But it was Barbara a big, Bush. yeah. They, but they <laughs> like remember all the stuff the ads that they showed. It was all about heroin as a kid, like and how dare dirty it was. The dare drug, yeah. the dare campaigns yeah. every October was always about heroin. So like a lot of us were scared, like even as drug, like recreational drug users. The vi- the visual of that spoon, that the spoon brown and the eggs, and, the and they said would fry your e- your he- your brain like eggs. Yeah. And uh, I just never had a desire to do like so. Some of those scare tactics worked because I would try. Every but other don't drug. you
0: think most kids. They don't inject ever most people don't inject they pop a pill first or yeah. they smoke an oxy
2: it depends i mean yeah you think
0: they
5: yes go straight but i think i think
2: nowadays the way these parties are if i remember the parties that i went to if you're trying something for the first time and you happen to be in the wrong place the wrong time with with or at the right time for someone else to have that and they were to offer you and you're trying to be cool what's the difference between that and a joint what's the difference that in a pill if if more kid if, if this if shooting becomes the norm uh, like in recreational drug circles then it'll get it'll get even worse like kids will be starting with that of course it has started with pills and then it moves on usually but anyways well, that's snarly. why
0: kids if you're listening to this for strength of youth pamphlet
2: <laughs> yeah for sure stick to that you will be safe for sure and happy right yeah yeah if you don't ever try yeah, you don't have to worry about it but if you and, have you can go to a and meeting parents
0: if you're not familiar with that go to the for strength of youth pamphlet and see what your guidelines you should place out for your kids True that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well, let's uh, cut this short, news, and let's go into your share, which I believe is step nine, and then we're gonna do ask the addict. I've got a lot of questions from listeners that I'm gonna ask you to. That's right.
2: Let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. Jam and act. Thank you. Thank you. Grateful to be here. Um, I like that it's smaller. I mean, of course, I want more people here because I know there's people that need to be. Area here, and uh, but when we first started coming to the meetings, it was smaller than this. I mean, we had maybe four or five of us that would go to San Clemente every week. It was like that for years, even years before I had gotten there. There was never more than I think seven people, and uh, that meeting has got up to I think over like 50 people at some time. So things things are the way they are for a reason and and uh sometimes when it's smaller i know i felt really comfortable i don't know if i would have walked into a meeting that was full of people if i would have been comfortable to share because i wasn't always as open with my struggles and my problems i when i first went to the meetings i've shared this before but i didn't i didn't feel i had a problem i felt like it was the world that had a problem with me and uh you know, I just really was going 100 to to please other people, to try to get my wife back, and to try and justify that I really did want. Um, this is kind of a half half a, that's a nice way, half a way of me like showing amends. That's it, and like that's all I went for. I didn't come because I really wanted to um, get sober once again. I really didn't think I had a problem in the beginning. I mean, I knew I had a problem, but I figured if I could just I had so many justifications and so many layers of lies in my life that um, they were all there to protect my disease to keep going, right? My disease to keep escaping through drugs, alcohol, pornography, whatever it was at that time because it, it could switch in a moment like that and I'd, I'm, wherever my mind wanted to go, it could go. And, um, you know, when it came to my pills, because that was what I predominantly was using when I, when I first came to my meetings. I had a prescription for one, you know, for one of those drugs, you know, but the problem was is I was abusing about five different prescriptions. And, you know, I didn't have prescriptions for all those. And did I I would take, you know, the three or four hundred pills in, in the bottle within a week. So I would have to go to other means to get those. And it's just crazy. I've been reflecting over the last couple of weeks, having the opportunity to help, try to help other people who are struggling, well, like opiate addiction, like I was. To the worse severity that i was it's interesting to see yourself and someone someone else is one kid i've shared about a couple times now he's 20 years old and um to watch him just be complete lies like one minute he's honest like i'm sharing with him like hey dude i get it like this is what i've done because that's what you do when you have 12-step calls meaning when you go and meet with an addict for the first time they've never had someone meet with them they call it a 12-step call i went with another addict so i could have support and you know, you're like sitting there and you're sharing your story and trying to get them to relate. Like, look, at I'm not your parent. Like, I'm not some perfect person coming here and telling what I think you should do because I read it in a book. Like, I've lived the life you're living. I've lived the lies you've, you're, you're telling. I've, uh, you know, I've stole from my family, friends. I've, I, I would i would do anything to get high at one point in my life. And it didn't start that way, but it ended that way. Um, that's where my addiction had led to. And he agreed the first time. Like, he was just 100% agreeing. Like, yeah, yeah, okay. He recognized that me and this other person that we got it, we were just like him, and he related to us, right? We had that connection, um, and we identified, I guess is the way to put it, right? He identified being an addict. Then when it came to committing him to, like, try and, hey, let's move forward and let's go to a meeting, or let's go to a program to get you help, this is a 20-year-old heroin act. It's not a lot of upper mobility when you're already on heroin at 20. Like, you know, most people just die. Like, you get to the point where then you start shooting, you stop smoking heroin, you start shooting it or IV, and then you die, and so, it went from totally, like, I'll fall, like, yeah, like, yeah, 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 you're right, you're right, you like, agreeing with us, to, like, whoa, whoa, like, I'm not, whoa, like, you know, I just want to go in today, and there was an excuse, so then, of course, he said a couple days, so then we come back in a couple days, no, I don't want to go that and, like, get out of here, and then it went from, like, you guys know everything, to, like, you guys know nothing, you're lying to me, you're, you're, you're trying to manipulate me, as if we're getting gain, like, we took out a whole day of our lives. Me and this other guy who have, we have families and a career. We took out a whole day of our life to go over there. And uh, it's crazy to see the layers of lies that we put up, to. Now, this goes, I'm talking about opiates right now. But at the same time, uh, if I'm addicted to, her- or to to pornography, I put up lies all the time, too. Well... This is, this is a natural thing to, to have lust, and it's a natural thing. And my wife this, or my husband that, or my boyfriend this, or my girlfriend that, or the church's rules are this, and they're, they're not really updated. Dude, I had all the lies. You can have any lie you want for your disease. And what I've noticed about my disease and the way my brain works is it creates layers. One of those layers is, is what we're talking about here, and it's that restitution and reconciliation um, wherever possible, make direct restitution to the persons you have harmed. My addiction led me uh, to isolate and then to cause, there was people in my life trying to help me, and then I would cause arguments, and then therefore we'd have this giant resentment, and then I would execute them for my like little circle, right? Like, you're out, you're excommunicated. Or they'd excommunicate for me. There were people that kicked me out of their friendship circle because we just can't deal with this person, and we can't deal with these crazy lies and outbursts, and. Whatever, and this is not just with drugs. This is if I was looking at pornography. It, 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 because you feel guilt and you feel shame, then you start acting differently. You isolate. So these things happen because of our addiction. Now to come through and to break through this is not easy. Um, to, 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 to go to someone uh, and a- actually like the part where I read. I can't remember where it was read. Is the efforts to meet someone? He's like let let the person. Know who you're approaching; that you're there to make amends, and then it says respect their wishes. If they indicate that they would rather not discuss the matter, just don't do it, right? And it says give them, give yourself a, you, you know, you go there to to apologize, to be specific. You know, it's not necessary if you don't know all the details. You know, I'm paraphrasing, and but it just says you're not there to to basically rationalize or tell your side of the story. You're there to just say sorry for what you did and ask for amends. If you're like me, that was that's why I laughed when I read that. It's literally it was a it was impossible. Like, I don't mean it was somewhat probable. It was impossible for me to admit that I had problems in every aspect. It started with one thing, and then it led into my life, and the disease got so bad that, like, I was so arrogant that when my wife had left me and I had nothing and I had to drop out of college, like, all these dreams I had were f- crumbling away because of my disease of addiction, I still went to that meeting and I judged every single person in the room that I was better than them in my mind. I couldn't admit that I was wrong. I couldn't admit that I had a problem. And you know, at first when I first started to real catch on that maybe I did have a problem, the first thing I wanted to do was run and go tell everyone I was sorry and I've changed. And I did that so many times that I realized that like, you know, saying sorry is talk is cheap, right? You hear that? Mm -hmm. And I didn't understand. I'm like, well no, Christ says apologize and you gotta accept it. Seven times seven, I'm like, I gotta say it, you gotta accept it. You know? (laughs) That was like my sales pitch. Once again, rationalization and justification of gospel principles, right? I would justify and rationalize anything if it meant that I would get what I wanted, which means no confrontation sometimes. Sometimes it was confrontation, and I was justified for that because of X, Y, and Z. What I realized in this program, though, when I read this step the first few times and I heard it talked about, it's not something you run and just do. If you're just coming to this program or if you're not even close to step nine, meaning you haven't done one through eight with a sponsor, don't even attempt it
1: mm-hmm.
2: because it will be disastrous because you're going to go to someone. And this is like, especially when it comes to like, like this, this opiate, like, like when it comes to really serious or sexual sin too because then you'll go to that person and you'll go, you, you want amends, but you, you may really just want them to not have contention with you. You don't really want to apologize. You just don't want there to be trouble anymore, so therefore you feel comfortable. Does that make sense? And then when they don't respond the way you want, it justifies you using again. It justifies you looking at porn. It justifies you committing sexual sin, eating, whatever it is your addiction is, it's all the same. I've noticed that because my addiction has been to many things over the years. And uh, so... What I learned in this program about this step with my sponsor that changed my life was some amends cannot be made through words, but they can be made through a living amends. And that is, sometimes there are people that don't want to hear from you again, and that's just the way it is, or it's not even appropriate for you to contact them. For me, we're not talking about my drug use at this time. We're talking about maybe sexual sins I had with past girlfriends in the church. Now we're all moved on and married and have families. Like You can't go call up your ex-girlfriend. You know, who's married with kids and still kind of lives in your area and say, hey, man, I just want to talk and meet up alone. You know, you just can't do that, right? You don't think I want to? Of course. Like, those are awkward things that you want to get out. Once you start to get momentum, you don't want anything in your life that's, un- that's anything that, you know, you want to clear it up. But I realized and I learned that um, from my sponsor, meaning how important it is to have someone who's done this before you, is to live amends for those mistakes. And the sad part is, is when you do that, it's not always going to be right away going to change lives. It's not always, people aren't always going to see your living amends and go, he's serious this time. Because if you're like me, you've done that a million times. Remember, I went to the meeting solely, so my wife, my friend would tell my wife that I was gone. My wife wouldn't talk to me at the time, you know, for a few months. And so, but it comes over time. We have people now in our lives that wouldn't talk to me and wouldn't be around us and did not approve Lexi coming back into my life. And, and, and things are fine. And those who, who, who didn't accept those living amends, awesome. I probably wouldn't if I were them either. I didn't understand addiction. I didn't understand myself, let alone someone else with it. Remember, I was judging people when I was there. So it's like, it's okay. I don't live amends anymore for other people. I solely make amends with people is because I will die if I don't. In, in a spiritual or physical way. My disease to opiates will kill me. And my spiritual disease, if we're talking about anything else, my ego, or my rationalization, justification, or pornography, whatever it is, if I don't make amends, then guess what? I'm going to die spiritually. And that's pretty close to physical death. It's a horrible torment feeling to not feel good with yourself and to have shame. I can't live with shame. I used to be able to hide it for so many years. And I can't live with it anymore. If I have one mistake, if I have one argument with someone, in the beginning, in the moment, I could still be hot-headed and ego. But like within 24 hour period, I'm like, dude, I gotta apologize. Like, I gotta figure that. How do I get this out? Because I can't live with it anymore. I become comfortable not having that in my life. But for so many years, I was comfortable being uncomfortable and having that chaos with relationships. I don't like that anymore. I I, I make still mistakes all the time. Just had to do this last week. I shared in the Wednesday night meeting. Literally after we read Step Eight last week, I remember saying man, I'm doing good. Like, I got no contention. And then what election happens? I get in a fight with someone over Facebook who's a friend of a friend of a friend in this little group. And uh, I antagonized him out of a joking manner. And then, and then he snapped, and rightfully so. Like, uh, someone's emotional, and I saw that. And instead of, like, stopping, I did it. I messed up, you know? And, like, I right after, I mean, we're talking 24 to 48 hours after I sat here and said, I have no arguments in my life, and it feels great. I even talked to Brad about this, and then and then I go out and do it. See, it's life lessons, right? They're in session, as we say, as we say, and it's progress, not perfection. I hopefully I've had a chance to apologize. Now, to be honest, that person hasn't accepted that apologize yet. But it says right here, I don't have to worry about that. I just got to be honest and live in amends. So if I really am serious, then maybe I won't go do that with someone else. If I go do it with someone else, that means I'm not really living in amends, right? It means I'm just still contentious, right? And so. I love this program. I love when there's a few of us here because it made me more comfortable to share. And I hope it does for you, too. This time is yours. It's not just mine to sit here and babble. Um, I feel better when I share. I hope you do, too. And uh, it's a good environment to, to get it out. And You don't have to have profound things to say. You can. I used to just share how... Psh- Crappy I thought my life was. That's all I used to share, and it worked. Because four years later I've stayed sober. Thank God. And I'm grateful for you guys and I say that in the name of Jesus Christ, amen.
0: so we're back ask the addict um, I've got a bunch of questions here um, that I'm gonna ask you guys okay um, we get a lot of questions but first we've uh, when we talked about uh, stopping the podcast Jay we got a lot of flood of, of actually people who listened that were been silent for a while um I felt a little guilty about uh, even considering it yeah
2: <laughs> I yeah it's
0: crazy so I had we had I want to talk about this I'm not going to name names but Someone reached out to me on Facebook um, and said, you know, um, from he said, hey, love what you're doing here. I'm a bishop. I hope you have some info for me. I want you know, there's a member in my ward. that needs a sponsor. What do I do? So what, what would be the advice that you would have as far as I'm a bishop? I got a guy or gal that comes in and says, you know, they they basically said I'm on step one. I'm an addict. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe in this case, the ARP meeting um, is not very well attended. I think he said there's like two people that show yeah. up to it. There's no one in recovery there. Yeah. And he Bishop reached out to me and said, "Hey, what are some suggestions you have? Uh, what what would you say? I'll tell you what I said, but what would you say? Would you say, Lexi? What would you say? You're here.
3: What? Well, I guess first off, you gotta go find the ARP manual."
0: Okay, he's asked for, he knew what the manual was. Oh, he
3: wants a sponsor. He says,
0: this person I'm working with who's confessed to me they have an addiction, they need a sponsor. And they go to our local ARP meeting, and, and there's, there's there. two people in there. There's a senior couple with a missionary tag in there, like, and then person. one other person who's you know, deep in their addiction.
3: I guess have them listen to the podcast. that's funny.
0: Okay, well, that's that's not a good advice. So, so, okay. Jay, what would you say? That's
2: why she's my wife, she's perfect. Um, What I would say, no, that's good. No, you should listen to the podcast. It's a start. It's a start, for sure. What would you say? I'd say that um, you need to put in the action and you'll get the results you want, right? And so, if just because your local ARP meeting may be small doesn't mean there's not another meeting. We drove from Whittier, which is, uh, what is that, South LA? don't even know where it's at. Yeah, okay, well, it's br- like it's north, north of Irvine. Of yeah, north, way north of Irvine. <laughs> it's it's L.A. County, and we would drive all the way to San Clemente with our two newborns. How many minutes of a drive was that? Uh, an hour at night with no traffic. If, we, if we'd leave during the day to try to get dinner before, we'd be in an hour and a half or so, or two hours of rush hour traffic because the meeting starts at 7. So, so you're driving in traffic south. So what you
0: would say is you go to arp.ls.org, type in your address, and you look for a meeting that's
2: not five minutes away or 10 minutes away and go to another meeting. Try and, Yes. Keep going. What I'm getting at is keep going to as many meetings. I had found this meeting when I lived here, but then when we moved to Whittier, I said, I figured that, and I found out that those meetings up there were very small. So I'm like, and this one was small too, but it was, there was, there was something special there. So what I'm saying is there's, I hear, oh, I had to drive 30 minutes. I don't care. We drove over an hour with two little babies. would cry usually the whole way, drop them off at my mom's, Go to the meeting, then feel uplifted and awesome. Go pick them up, wake them up, and then drive them home back. To another, LA. you know, we wouldn't get home till eleven o'clock every Thursday night. So you make a statement: the pain of the solution became less than the pain of the problem. Yes. If you're if and you're so willing to go through whatever it takes to get recovery, you'll get recovery. If you're not, then you won't. So if that means your local meeting small, you should still keep going and attend it. I, I believe that, but you should also find another meeting too. Yeah. So, this, this, they actually drove up to our meeting.
0: I know. And they came here. So, they drove uh, probably about the same distance you did. Yeah. Yeah. 45 Um, minutes at least. And uh, had a great meeting here. So, that was awesome. Um, What, uh, okay. So, let's say there is no meeting around. So, we have some listeners in other countries. Yeah. Um, I referred. Here's another thing I said is there's a website called arpsupport.com. I should double check that real quick. that th- would be tough. This to be is. In a spot where
2: there is no meeting. I'm sure there's AA so though, right? So yeah, that's another thing. World, yeah.
0: Oh, shoot. Oh. Is it on it? Go. Keep talking while I look Yeah. It I was going to say... Like, would it be my bad next...
3: for someone to bring their, like, ARP manual to, like, an AA meeting? Yeah,
2: but... yeah, It would be pretty intense. Okay,
0: so there's a website, ARPSupport.org. Not uh, affiliated with the church, not affiliated with LDS Family services. I actually reached out to this guy. I think he was, like, an electrician or a plumber in Arizona who saw a need and like, I'm going to build this website, and I'm going to put a network together so that people can register, and we can pair them up with sponsors. Around the country, wow. Um, and they're from people that I've talked to that have do it. It's they have a program like they check in every night. You know, they have a specific sponsor program that they yeah. work. And I just I love it. It's awesome. That's like That's pretty cool to me. I think this twelve step program is people just step up. They don't wait for someone to call them to do it. Like there's a need to serve my fellow man and I'm gonna do this. And so that's the essence of the program. So I don't have any personal experience with this, neither do you. I've had other people say they liked it. Other people say it was, you know, I think personally having a sponsor face-to-face meetings would
2: probably be the best. Yeah. But, but I've also but, we've heard other people do it over, you know online sponsors yeah and with Skype it's, and other things um, their, their progress
0: Xander is wants just us good.
3: to interact with our live viewers oh yeah. Xander if you would have stayed hey here the yeah,
0: whoa Xander
2: you can't say anything you left you were invited to be on Xander, and then you, you left Xander? oh wait I you know what see. okay hey, what our you're audience saying. is on hey, the podcast so ignore the videos
3: and then Xander said how can I get a haircut like Jay
2: you have to grow hair who said that
3: okay sorry back to the ARP support. We love you. We love um, all you. We're just trying to do live supporters. The last
0: suggestion is we're doing a podcast (laughs) here, okay? Hey, over here. Oh, yeah. See, now you got us. I said ignore the cameras. They just, like, look at themselves. I was just doing Uh, what Xanny said. Look at how stupid my hair is. He's
3: got to go home soon.
0: The last thing is (laughs) go to a secular. Go to an A-A-N-A-S-A. In fact, a lot of the folks maybe not even the last thing. You should probably just do that. Thing. Yeah, if you only have one meeting. It, in your if area. you're new to recovery and you're the depths, like I would you have do done, all it. I was just
2: like, you need to buy the big book. You need to buy the ARP man, you're like or get the ARP man. You need to buy the Joe and Charlie tapes. You need to buy anything, or not buy, but go on and research and listen and learn. Do the podcast, everything on recovery because it's so contrary to the way you've been behaving and thinking that it's like learning another. Le- it's like learning of a le- It's like learning like 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 seeing fire probably it's like it's so crazy it's like whoa like i never forget when i read the big book for the first time i'll never forget when i read the joe and charlie you know like and heard other addicts talking about their life and i'm like man i'm not for so long i thought i was the only one that was malfunctioned and broken i really felt that way like and it was so shameful and I, i thought you know i was defective and why live but it turns out there's millions of people like me.
0: So, contrary to uh, some bishops that I know, um, friends, um, not necessarily where I live, but they feel, and you've mentioned before, you, your job as a bishop is not to be the savior. Yeah. You have a specific role as a bishop, which is a priesthood leader that receives the confession. You can give some counsel, but bishops typically are not addicts in recovery,
2: they're not, not perform yeah. that
0: role of a sponsor. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of times we hear people say, oh, yeah, m- you know, my sponsor is my bishop. Yeah. And I, my my question to you is, why would a bishop not be a good sponsor? One, Typically.
2: Yeah. I mean, the only way, okay, if you're going to climb Mount Everest, this just seems cliche to use this, but if you're going to climb Mount Ej- Everest, it, you have to have someone that's done it. If they haven't done it, then, then how, how are you, you going to go learn? You know what I'm saying? Like... It, like There's no way – and so there's that one thing. They have to know how to do the steps, and if they haven't done them, how how can they tell you how to do them? And then number two is you're going to be BSing that person. You're full of lies. You're full of excuses and justifications that only – you have to make that connection as a as a sponsor before too like they have to like usually how it works is i'll go up and say hey do you need help do you need a sponsor i can help sponsor you until you find someone and that's usually looks like a soft approach right it's like that, that's what you say that's what i'll say to someone that's new and then what i'll do then that first meeting is share my story like i want them to know so that way they can see like i have street cred in a sense like so how can a bishop do that if he's never been so, so there
0: because part of working the sponsor
2: is they call you out on your BS. And the only reason why you let them call you out is because you know they've been there. Yeah. Does that make sense? We're like, when, when someone
0: has a, you know, someone tries to, when someone tells, talk to me about surfing and I know they don't yeah. surf, I just discount, yeah. I'm like, whatever. And I just like nod, and go, okay, yeah. cool. I'm like, I've seen you surf, you don't know how to surf. Yeah. So let's not talk about surfing. Yeah. So <laughs> that, imagine this, right? yeah,
2: yeah. Cause it's like, if you, if you were to tell me back, like say you knew me then, and if, you know, you have being a normie, like have never, and say you hadn't done this program, you you would for sure give me your counsel because that's what we do. We try to help each other as humans. Right. But I would go, you're full, like you have no idea. Or I would just be like, I'm trying. Right. I would say that. Like I remember saying that to my bishop, like I, I don't know why I want this, but I don't know how to live it. Like or I, like I, I couldn't control myself. Like so, I, I literally, so someone lost a sponsor
0: who's gone through the twelve steps, who's in recovery, and that per that person has a sponsor. Yeah that's that's the program yeah and then that person has a stone yeah i mean
2: think about it this goes back to 1930 like really it goes back to the the 30s when a was started so Um, that's kind of cool when you think about it that way
0: i have a question for you
2: that's not from one of our
0: listeners but i look tell me if this sounds weird but i look at ARP like the
2: restored 12 steps (laughs)
0: like
2: it's the true 12 steps it's the fullness Um, it's the fullness where Bill Wilson wanted it that way. Like he wanted Christ in there. He wanted Scripture because he had found Christ throughout right. this whole recovery. And they kind of watered God. it
0: down so that they could appeal to the masses. Yeah, half right? the members didn't. Yeah, they which, were which I appreciate. Yeah, um, but it's like, look, if someone's atheist right now, I'm like, go to any church. Go to that Born Again church we've or Lutheran had, church. We've Catholic had, Catholic, go. We've had going to a church. Yeah, we have. Go to a church is better than going to no church. Having faith in God and maybe not having a, a full picture of the gospel was better than no faith in God, but. But yeah, having faith in
2: something bigger than yourself in the beginning is huge because as an addict in recovery and in well not in recovery in starting your process your ego has been this soul it's everything like it's just eating everything it's like it's like a like a cancer that can't be filled you know what i mean like yeah. and so so when you when you learn of anything bigger than yourself that's can become your okay next part. question
0: yeah my spouse let's i'm gonna ask lexi you my spouse is, I think, an addict. Okay. What do I do? How do I approach him?
3: Oh, that's a hard one. This is tough. You,
0: you can only answer from your experience. So Yeah.
3: Um, and, I think if they're, like, an active user that's, like, pretty into it, I feel like approaching them in a loving way is going to be your best bet. I think – oh, sorry. It's okay. I think um, – if you're going to approach them and kind of in like a motherly way or a motherly way, like, what are you doing? Like questioning them. That will probably backfire That'd on like you. Like an authoritative. Yeah. Theory. They're not going to like that. So, uh, so what, what's I've,
0: the line of. Uh, so I think my uh, my spouse is an addict in the church. The line's pretty easier to draw on than I think if you're outside of church. Like sure. if you're drinking alcohol yeah. and you're not stopping. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you're claiming you have a testimony of the gospel word of wisdom, right? Like, that's something. Uh, some, anything word of wisdom, right? Breaking a lot of chastity, looking at porn, acting on porn, going to strip clubs, having an affair, obviously. Um, is there anything else I'm missing? Those are kind of the top things, is right? Like, the like they're ones? contrary to gospel teachings. Right. And if you're doing those things repeatedly and, you, and you're not able to stop. You might have a problem?
3: Th- I, I feel it? like this is going to sound like super cliche, but I... We can share.
0: I, this is our opinions here.
3: Okay. I honestly felt like the spirit, like, told me. Okay. Like, when I, when I first saw, like, his initial Vicodin bottle that had, like, n- like like a ton of pills. There was, like, a hundred and something in there. I knew right away that that wasn't normal. And he would
0: have a broken back?
3: Right. And I'm like, whoa. And I knew right away that I should have thrown him away, but I was scared. So, I'm an enabler. So, so that's hard for me because I'm like, well, I don't think he should have these. And I know this is wrong, but I'm scared to approach him. I really was scared to talk about it. So She just
2: took him. And so, I came home. And that's the crazy part is, like, I didn't go seek it. Like, I told you the story, but, like, I didn't seek for that many. The doctor was just like, what do you want? And that's, he went from, like, a legit doctor to, like, a straight up, I'll, but I think I'll sell if, you whatever you want.
3: I think if your approach is more loving, like, I just want to help. I feel like that's it would have been be way
2: different if I walked into the house and you had him there, then. versus like just take him yeah. and, and do what she did. She took him and then gave him back. If she would have been like sitting there, because I knew it was wrong at that point, I hadn't been addicted, I'd taken two. So this this is huge for people to hear because this could change their life, um, especially if you're a spouse and you're th- you just had this experience. If she would have been sitting there when I got home and been like, listen, I found the pills, I'm not mad. However, I don't feel it's right. I just want to talk about it. Why'd you get them? Like you know what I mean, super non-like threatening or whatever, because I was really like on you defense. On defense. Well, yeah, but at the same sure. time, I promise you, at that moment when it was written to me and when I got them, I knew that I sh- this was going to open a door that may never be able to be closed. And I was I wanted someone to say something, so, except for the way she did it. So I would it be
0: fair to say, go to the Lord and say how is the best way to approach? So if you're concerned about it as a spouse,
1: yeah,
0: don't do it on your own ego or don't react. Go to the Lord and say you know here's how I'm thinking of approaching and get spiritual confirmation yeah with that yeah. would you agree with that for sure and honestly
3: it wasn't it wasn't even something that was on my mind cuz i just was in the bathroom and stumbled upon them like under the sink in a weird spot i was like getting something i'm like but some, whoa.
0: someone could do that by oh i'm on the the guy's computer and yeah, what is this website sure. exactly. or yeah. this app or yeah. this
2: text um, yep. so overreacting
0: Probably, probably not a good way
3: not the best you should yeah. never yeah. make
2: decisions during emotion like an emotional state yeah, right like you should never make it
3: calm yourself down a little bit maybe maybe wait
2: maybe like i mean i, I get like things need to be approached in, in a timely manner but like if you're not ready to approach them with a obviously anyways this is like yeah but.
0: okay next question <laughs> jay credits and shares about it a lot as far as when you said i'm done I want a divorce. Yeah. I think he even said, I hate you.
1: I did. I, I hate did. you
0: and I want a divorce. Um, I did. That, exactly. that was a decision point for Jay where he actually, uh just glad you're here. These like, questions are kind of good for both of you guys. So there are some <laughs> people listening who are like, when is when is enough enough? When do I stop enabling and say, I'm done with this? How did you come to that?
3: I think our life had this I feel like there's always these things, but I, I feel I really do feel like our life was so unmanageable. We we couldn't even like talk to each other without like getting an argument.
0: Look at you guys cuddling now, because like in a- two hours ago, you guys were not very happy with each we other. We actually right? got in a fight because of I this haircut.
3: Today.
0: So go yeah, ahead and comment <laughs> how do you think of Jay's haircut. He would like to hear that. I'm gonna I shave not, it tonight.
3: Wait, I did not give him that haircut. He yeah, should... you
0: did. Okay.
3: Whoa, whoa, whoa. Anyways,
0: let's Go back to cuddling. What cuddling? Cuddling. Okay. Uh, you, <laughs> d- w- if she hadn't have said that. Do you think be, that would have been a turnaround? I'd be dead. Okay. I'd be dead. So, um, I, like and I up. can't imagine, like, what is the hard, when is that point? And we've had a, a lot of, we have I a lot I think it of, needs to
1: be
2: right away. Like, here's the, here's the thing, when we've talked to others about, like, as much as I never, they say in church, don't get involved with anyone legally, like, Don't give advice, but reality is, if your spouse, this is our advice show. So this is advice. Yeah, this is You can give your advice. Yeah, yeah. My advice is that, like, if your spouse, if your spouse, yeah, may not work, but it works for everyone I know that's done it. So, (laughs) uh, so if you're, that was pretty funny. If you're, if your spouse is using, and this is like you're already arguing at this point, like we were. Like, you need to draw a line. If you don't have... If the addict doesn't have consequences in their life, they're never going to stop. I promise you. You will love them to death. And you'll watch them.
3: So many lies. And you'll bury them. So many excuses. I just feel like... I was at a point where I felt like I was like living a lie because I knew that like my feelings for him were like turning every day that like the resentments and the anger were getting like more and stronger and.
2: Well, imagine if you would put your foot down like that first year. Yeah. Because we had our first big fight like with like, eight, well, that first time. But then like f- months later, I had detoxed, right? Like remember a couple months later is when I kicked for like 12 days. It was horrible. Um. Once I started using again, when we went to Hawaii, right? Big way, you, Hawaii. And like imagine if you would have put your anyway so once again like
3: I had tried I'd be like I want a divorce and then like you know usually the addict is like oh my gosh I'm so sorry like I'm gonna get I'm gonna get my act together I'm gonna stop taking the pills. so then in your mind you're like okay like I don't really want a divorce okay perfect yeah like okay he's gonna try he's gonna get off of them and then you know he would for a month and then it would just go back to relapse so
0: that that's I think That's the cycle. Uh, the cycle that That's happens. Cycle. I think a lot of priesthood leaders would say, Okay, yeah, they're as a normie, I'm like, Okay, he said he's gonna do it. Right. Yeah, hey, they haven't done it. it for like four days,
2: a yeah, week. Yeah. We're good. Without because I think
3: like without we don't want to admit we're at turkey Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I went cold turkey so hard off opiates. for twelve days I was sick. I thought I was gonna die. I was you hallucinating. I get blessings, from like, I get ble- blessings I like, like I felt like, like the i felt like the devil was in my soul like and that was at a short i i got even worse later you know i mean i thought it was bad then but what i'm getting at is that detox was horrible and i quit cold turkey but what i'm saying is and then i went sober for like six weeks and i but i was depressed i had you know um um serotonin like perfect perfect question here what is the
0: difference between being in recovery and not using or not
2: participating in your behavior that goes yeah, to you Jay. yeah Re- recovery obviously is working a program and then being sober like you know staining from your addiction being sober is something just you're going without right but you're white they call white knuckling yeah, so what does white knuckling mean so like hey, i said Jay? so i detox i detox a horrible experience and, and but i was serious and i wanted to i didn't want to be on them anymore i didn't want to be um dependent on anything however what i didn't know because i didn't do this with any help from any like professional or even in the program or whatever because a bishop didn't tell me about it once again um this is like my seventh bishop with no one saying anything about that there's a church program this is in utah of all places like this is where the program is actually really big and still that bishop just didn't know about it but anyways what what didn't tell what I didn't have that what you asked about a sponsor earlier I didn't have someone there with me going this is normal you just quit something that boosts your serotonin boost your your uh, dopamine level in your brain and so when you get off it you're gonna see a decrease in that for a little bit you'll be depressed you're gonna have anxiety you're gonna be tired you are gonna have no you have mood swing. so when I started to experience that without having that sponsor telling me that that's normal I was like well something's not right what if it, is this going to be this and way forever? he's not
0: going to be able to say that like we well and i remembered i wasn't
2: like this before i'm like is this going to be forever is this a side effect well then screw this like dude no one wants to live like this i'm better on it and then that's what i did and then that cycle started happening every four months i'd be on for four months okay it get so, worse every so, so
0: but so here's a question so recovery is having I'm, a sponsor I'm, I'm, a, I'm a person that's like hey i was doing a b i was doing this behavior mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure I'm an addict I don't think I am I'm not willing to admit it yeah. but you know I can't I couldn't stop for years yeah and I was hiding it from everybody I was lying to everybody mm-hmm. but now my wife or my husband talked to me and now I'm done but man I'm like they're obsessing yeah. on wanting to participate in that behavior or take that substance or whatever but I can't that that to me is the white knuckling part right yeah for sure Um and then
2: recovery was what you said going to meetings going to meetings getting a sponsor working the steps okay cuz so, because if you do those things that desire will go away like it really does so like there's a facebook everyone. group we're a member of that we get a lot of people pop on there and they're like hey yeah. i've been
0: i've stopped for 14 days and i'm going crazy um and you and i comment almost word for word the exact same thing and so does everyone else yeah go to a meeting go to multiple meetings yeah talk to your sponsor call your sponsor do the steps yeah why, why, so why is that, uh, those are simple complicate. things? Addicts
2: why? complicate things, well, humans complicate things. So then on top of you take someone who's also dysfunctional, and then, and then, and has a massive addiction to a physical substance or whatever, or an action that just compounds everything, right? We try to make everything complicated in life, and we all want to So does that fix, seem fix. too simple? It <laughs> seems too simple to be true. Okay. Like, well, you have me read this book? I used to read my scriptures. Why is this book going to do any different? Okay. That's what I would tell you. If I was five years ago, and you're trying to help me now with all your knowledge, you would have found it like like beating your head up against the wall because I was so stubborn. I was so I, had, I thought I had it all figured out. Like I was is that, stum-
0: is that why I think when you come to a meeting and we do reread the step, mm-hmm. and sometimes you can see people's faces. They're like, ah. oh. and then and then it hits to share, and that's where the
2: spirit I think just pierces people. You see like tough dudes like He's, I was in there like pissed off, angry, and then I'd cry every meeting. But and but that's that's the, the
0: power of the meeting. Is yeah. it pierces through that pride because the
2: spirit's there. Yeah, um,
0: totally,
2: and that's what. A, It slowly chipped away, yeah. It slowly chipped away enough to finally go ask a guy to be my sponsor, finally to start the steps, finally to stop trying to control my wife and everything around me and to just be humble and be where I was at. That was when recovery started. But for the first four or five months, I was sober, but I wasn't in recovery. That makes sense. Okay, one
0: more. Why did you choose to break anonymity? And are you glad you did?
2: Yeah. I, I don't think I'd be alive if I didn't. I think that my recovery... Um, My level of, my ego is so big and my lies are so big, I can lie to myself and believe it. So that, uh, anyways, I I had to break anonymity, but how it started um, was a girl passed away in our local meeting, she overdosed on heroin. She had a few, she had like 70 days sober. She had a quite, you know, a few months almost. And uh, I, I barely even knew her, but I just remember sitting across from her and seeing her as a newcomer. And I now had about a year, I was about getting my year chip and seeing all that go down, I was like, wow. Like, what if I would've, I, cause I didn't try to befriend her. I mean, some of my friends did, but I didn't really, I, I, I wasn't going up to people and talking to them. You know, I wasn't, I was just kind of going for myself. Right? And I was just going to get off what's on my chest and listen, you sure shake some hands, get to know some people. But like, I wasn't finding a newcomer that would walk in and go like, hey, I know exactly where you've been at. I can see your pain in your Cause I saw her pain. I saw, I knew exactly where she was and I never talked to her. And I never, like, I mean, I talked did, to her, like you feel never.
0: prompted to, and like, were you afraid to? Yeah, you know, yeah. Could we all do that? Yeah, like, I, I, I don't know if I was go talk afraid of, I don't think
2: it was just like, uh, my experience is never, I didn't. I felt- it was really inadequate. I felt inadequate still in my okay. life, because I hadn't finished the steps yet, but um, finally I realized at that point, I'm like, dude, I, I gotta do, I gotta get on the front lines. I have, Luckily, I had a leader, you know, who we've had on the podcast, James, um, at, and, and, you know, he was big with breaking his anonymity and, and helping me do the same, and- I mean, it changed our lives. I mean, we wouldn't even think of the friends. I mean, we would probably wouldn't even be as close as we, you know. None of this would happen. That's crazy to think about it because at the time. uh I was just doing it for myself, to be honest, and to help another addict, not anyone else. I was doing it for myself in the sense, because I was like- You broke gonna... anybody to help yourself. Yeah, for sure. I, I, well, first it was because of her, like, okay. you know, to help others, but not everyone, not like non-members, like non-addicts. Not not the thousands of people that are listening that to like like our, us. Yeah, thousands <laughs> of people listening, or you know how it is in our stake. Like, wow. people call me all the time. Like, I, I, that, was, that wasn't my goal. My goal was to help another person so they don't die, you know, because it became real that I could die now in my mind was like whoa she was there now she's not this could happen to me i have kids and that was the first time i ever thought about that really since i had been sober that like i could still die from this just i could get a certain length of sobriety relapse like she did and die i never had that thought before i thought i was done and so that hit me real and then the next thing was so that's why i was doing it for myself right um um, creating levels of, of accountability that was so deep that like
0: were you afraid to have that accountability um, uh, at, that any, any? Now. at that point at that point now,
2: because i would already been doing it for about a year so okay i i overcame i was in a really low place my first about six months but like i said then when the recovery started i started working the steps i worked with a sponsor that's when i started to yeah i so also
3: think though like it was i think it just felt good to just be honest and to like act like we weren't someone we weren't yeah, like, oh, or had this like his perfect Mormon When, like, when, than, when like, Jay family. decided to come out,
0: did you guys talk about it? Like, hey, I'm going to talk about this publicly, or I did you really just happen? It did was, that
2: one that fast? That one. was the time you did that, it. That was yeah. I, heard yeah. Like, yeah. I okay. think
0: it. I think was, it was the, first the fact time I'd ever
3: that like, said really? church. Yeah, like For it was sure. such a miracle that our family got back together that it was like, why wouldn't we share this?
2: Well, I got asked too to speak in San Clemente with James. So when that happened, the first time she came. And that felt really good, but because I was still pretty depressed about my, like I felt like still like a failure because my life still wasn't, I didn't know where I was going with my recovery. Um, but when I did that, it felt so good and people came up to us and, you know, they, they pat you on the back. But I remember just feeling closer to Lex too. I felt closer to, you know, I, I was still in my mind a lot. I was still like in this crazy, like weird sp- space between my ears. And um, sharing, sharing seemed to relieve that. Sharing seemed to relieve my anxiety it seemed to, which is weird because like public speaking in the beginning yeah, all the time to, yeah. it used to make me freaked out now <laughs> it's like doesn't but there were times where like I was shaking to go talk you know like and now
0: the anonymity the is unique to me because you know it's the a anonymous right yeah. and it talks about we should we close the end of what was said here you know who's here is anonymous so yeah we don't that but yet when I read back to the original uh, um, blue book yeah. the origin of AA it says the only reason they're anonymous is because we need to work on ourselves first and yeah. the, the demand would be too much would be too much for us to handle totally um,
2: which is what it is Look which, at the which reality read it the it, news it week. is because
0: I asked someone to to come um to this meeting who doesn't come normally and I said hey I might he need someone to sponsor and he's like you know what his words were like my cup runneth over of <laughs> sponsor mm-hmm. like he sponsored too me people. yeah like, like, he's like I can't add any more I've been there the, too, because yeah. that yeah. person's broken anonymity the reality is once you do that they come out of the floodgates for people that... They <laughs> like,
3: really do. It's kind of crazy. Yeah,
0: and so that's that, that really goes back to the 1930s where they're, like, the reason for an, anon, anon, being like an, anonymous. Like, anytime we've
3: ever talked in, like, any ward or, like, Sunday school, it's, like, you have, like, at least four to five people coming up to you afterwards, asking you questions, asking you about ARP, asking for your number, for, like, spouses to reach out or whoever, you know? And it's
0: still sad to me because, like, you know, and then, like... What ten percent, twenty percent actually 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 come, come and do it? But well, right. the so ones still a lot change, of, right? Yeah, like, they do. But it just that's what makes it worth it. But um, that you just got more work to do. Okay, last yeah. question. Um, so I don't maybe to both of you. So parent, hey, my kid is is uh, you know breaking what Buddhism? They're they're looking at porn. They're smoking this. They're drinking this. What do I do? Like, you probably get these calls a lot. Like, will you come fix them, Jay? Will you come talk to them? Yeah, everyone wants so, a quick fix. So <laughs> let's just say that happens. What would you, what are you going to say to this kid? To the and kid then, or the and parents? Then you have time? Both.
2: Because to the parents, I'd say, well, first of all, like, you're a parent. Like, you need to be one. So if, if, if they still have any freedom or pri- pri- privileges, can't talk tonight, then you need to take those away. Like, are you kidding? Like, you need to – consequences they have to happen then that kid needs to go to a meeting but then they're gonna get worse Jay I'll play I'll
0: play that parent yeah I'm like well how's
2: that working out for you like you know have you been doing that probably since junior high or however old the kid is and like, that style of parenting has it worked because it doesn't seem like it's working that's why you're calling right Okay, so that style doesn't work. Talk to so talk to the mic. Now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so talk to the parent and ask. Yeah, that that that's what I would say first, and then for so, the so
0: set boundaries, set wait, help. And, and restrict things like hey, yeah, for sure, these are our house rules. Yeah, we do not think smoking pot or and talking get... oxies or looking at porn <laughs> or yeah.
2: whatever it is. Get to a meeting with your, your your kid or or at least have them go with someone else. But I mean, to go with them, I've seen parents come with their kids, and how powerful that is. Like for the kid to know that they're. they're Their loved one, their dad, or their mom supports them. Because not always is the case. Usually, when drugs come in, it separates us from our families. Yeah. So. Because
0: it's. No. Okay. Lex, what do you say? I have
3: have like a little bit of a different perspective because growing up, LDS, I was so scared to talk about. And I, like in high school, I was not making the best of choices. But I was so scared to tell my parents. I was so scared to go see a bishop because I felt like I was going to get in so much trouble. And I feel like. I mean, I don't have teenagers yet, but when I do, I feel like I just want to have, like, a really open relationship with them and for them to feel comfortable enough to come talk to me about some of those things. Because I think as LDS, when you do some of those things, I think you do have that mentality of, like, oh, my gosh, I'm sinning so bad or whatever it is, like, I'm, it's, like, unrepairable. I'm so scared to get in trouble. I'm so scared to see a bishop of what's going to happen what my parents are going to think that, like, that kind of blocks you from getting out of that situation, and I so know that. What
2: would I've, your solution be? That you said that's. what...
3: I'm saying that I wish that like. So you're I, talking to
2: the parents like. Yeah so, more, yeah. so my
3: question
0: is: the parent knows they're doing it. The so. parent oh. knows they're doing it. Like. So I know what your experience is. What would you tell that parent? I caught. I caught my kid. There's a bong. There's this. There's that. Like whatever. I feel the like your first,
3: as like your first instinct, even with my kids are being so young. Like I'd want to be like raging on them. Like you know better. Like so, is that a good are, thing to do? No, I mean yeah, I don't think not. so. Okay, so I think well, that it never works. I yeah, it doesn't work. You have a mom called kids. Lexi.
0: <laughs> I just found this. My kids doing this. What do I do?
3: I think maybe you can take a minute and just relax for a second before you like go and do anything, and then talk to them. In a way where hey, they hold on, feel pause.
0: it's hitting me very diff- same thing with how you approach your spouse, right? Shouldn't you go to the Lord?
3: Yeah, I so would. Like,
0: don't don't re- don't react. What you say in emotion? Like, yeah. don't go
3: straight don't to them and be decision. like, I don't found make this emotion. stuff. Don't like, make I know emotional.
0: Go to the Lord for some guidance. Yeah. The uh, I can't remember maybe which section it is, but it's like it make your decision. Go to the Lord and say, This is what I'm planning on doing. Is, is this right? Is this a good idea? Okay.
3: And then just maybe go to them in a loving way, where you're just like, I'm really worried about you. Is there a, like maybe the why because i feel like i was going through a lot of turmoil to where i kind of needed to get that's some powerful. things out why? to my my parents as to why i was doing some of the things i was doing in high school and that didn't get figured out till way later
2: that's kind of powerful is w- if once you calm like, down emotional is like as the why. cynic he just wrote a book called the why starting with the why that's a good yeah that's what we're is talking that about. the
0: guy who uh that talks goes off on the social media addiction and
2: how yeah, yeah. Okay, I want to do Are you it, curious? What's it Is it peer start, pressure? Uh, start. with the why. I'm it's reading good. it right now. It's a good book. Okay, it's good. We'll book review it. Boom. You're actually reading. Well.
3: Listening. Listening. Audio. <laughs> listening. <laughs> I wouldn't say he's reading good. I'm
0: a listener too. I like to read short things. Yeah, it's like good. I love it.
2: I love that. Yeah. Start with the why. So much he, he relates to sales and business, but I mean, it goes to a spiritual sense too. So
0: why I would ask you as a J, because I love that you don't glamorize it. You're like, dude. I've been – because in the church, if you grew up in the church, I've heard this, and I probably have thought this is like um, – It seems so is, fun. It seems so All fun. I mean, in fact, someone else it. someone else posted on whatever. It's like, I wish I wasn't a member so that I could experience <laughs> that experience without this. guilt. Yeah. Like, they think I'm going to be able to do that without any guilty feelings. Yeah. And if because I'm a member of the church, I'm going to feel guilty about it. Or – and I might – experience that joy that like it's clearly on social media TVs movies glamorizes sex drugs rock and roll like and that that's normal yeah, that's and cool. and yeah I love yeah. I love your experience Jay because you're like I grew Bull up crap Bull crap I grew up up in a non,
2: well I grew up in a non-christian home so I had zero God taught to me like zero commandments taught to me and yet I, I felt from the youngest age doing drugs and alcohol and the things I was doing'm um, with girls and my friends. That I was, that I was, something was wrong. Like, like I was doing something wrong, and I felt the same guilt, the same shame, the same everything that when you do things as a member or as a Christian, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that that's innate in you as a human, right? That's why there's atheists that are alcoholics, right? Because yes. they're depressed about something, right. so they're drowning themselves in their alcohol. Right. <laughs> so, like, you know, this this surpasses. But yeah, that's a statement that we hear all the time. I've even said that even since I've been a member. Man, I wish I wasn't, so I wouldn't feel guilty. Well, the no, reality is. You just brought back to my memory that whether you're a member or not, like you, God gave us our soul. So your soul is, is His soul in a sense, and it's like programmed into you, just like your DNA for food, water, and all these other. You know what I mean? To procreate, like it's all it's all in there. Because I swear I felt just as guilty as a 15 year old not knowing God as I did as a Mormon when I messed up. If that makes sense. No, it's powerful. Yeah, because because my personal opinion
0: is I think a lot of people kind of hope the church isn't true. Because maybe this guilt yeah, of we'll go what my behavior is doing yeah. will go away. Well,
3: it's like funny because like when people leave the church, what is the first thing they do? They usually drink. Oh. That's like the first thing people do when they, <laughs> they leave the church. They experience all the
2: things that they. They're like, whoa! I don't believe the church is
3: true. Sure. I'm gonna go off and be crazy now. But anyways it, it is ironic, I was isn't thinking it? we should Take a question From one of our Any live questions listener. If anyone's listening okay. like we're, gonna, we're gonna wrap it up People are like Randomly responding So maybe if anybody I'm done with my
0: Week's questions So
3: question, All right here we go Does anybody have
2: a question For There's us There's some people That are joined A
3: live question
2: Anybody Whoa That was intense Are you supposed to do it That many times I
3: don't know I'm just asking We've do never
2: done it before We've right, never done live if we don't get a question in five seconds, we're going to end this podcast, not because we, we don't go, like you, but it's just late. If
3: anybody has a question, I'm not going to say your name.
0: There's not that many people uh,
3: on there. On there
2: so there okay. There was, there whatever. Was. Okay. Well, hey,
0: this has been good. Everyone loves Lexi.
2: Yep. You're back. Everybody You're back.
0: Everybody loves me. Um, I think this was very good. If you do have questions that you would like to ask. Uh, Email us. Yeah, email.
2: Um write us on our social media.
0: Social media. So whatever, however you found us, our webpage is thenextsteppodcast.com. And
2: comment, should I buzz my head or not? We, we
0: have know. an Instagram page. Also, next step podcast for we have the Facebook.
3: Addicts, but for spouses, yeah. if you have a question for me, you can email them too.
0: And uh, I think I want to add this to it, because we do get lots of questions. Um, we 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 like it. So yeah. we're gonna keep doing this. We're gonna keep doing it. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, until next time.
3: Thanks, guys.
1: Oh. Later. please <laughs>